Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Pure as water made me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints God bless you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Father, uh, we thank you for exhorting us to continue on towards the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, your word always motivates. Any word that causes a person to sit down and relax until the coming of the Lord is a false word. We've got work to do. We've got a race to run. And it ends in a manifestation of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for it. And the sons of God. Thank you, Father. Amen. Okay, we begin speaking about the truth about born again. I'd like to continue that. I spoke to you last time about the the sons of God, but just barely touched on it. I'd like to go a little deeper into what it is to be born again. There are many parallels in the Bible to being born again. A lot of people don't know that they're parallels. Sanctification is the same thing as coming into the manifestation of the Son of God. We were here to come into his image. He told us in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18, But we all with an unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are transformed into that same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord the Spirit. From glory to glory, we come into the image of Jesus Christ. Look in the Bible. See what Jesus looks like. That's what he wants. Anybody that sells you short on that and does not motivate you to bear the fruit of Jesus Christ, 36 and 100 fold, that person is doing you a great disservice. You will miss the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to start in uh, 2 Peter 1 and 19. And we have, notice it says we, because he's addressing the Christians. As somebody that's already had a born-again spirit, okay? And we have the word of prophecy made more sure. Now, you know about prophecy. Uh, you know, Paul said we prophesy in part because prophecy can grow with the measure of your faith according to the word. You, you may prophesy in part more than you end up prophesying as you grow and mature. You become more and more prophesying in the Lord. Okay, But we have a more sure word of prophecy, and it's the Scripture. The Scripture is all a prophecy. Even the education of it is a prophecy of the end times and a prophecy of God's people coming into his image. So we have the word of prophecy and it is the word of God made more sure. Whereunto you do well that you take heed, take heed to God's word, as unto a lamp shining in a dark place. Now let me address that before I go on. What is the lamp? Well, the word of God is the light, we know. Proverbs uh, 20 and 27 says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost 
hearts. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. So what is this dark place? It is just that, the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions that needs to be converted the same way your spirit was. And of course, as we follow our spirit following the Holy Spirit, we come into this conversion, this 30, 60, 100-fold, this glory to glory, star glory, moon glory, sun glory, that Paul said is a body that he gives to those who are then heavenly, having a born-again body, which is heavenly, okay? A lamp shining in a dark place. That is the dark place of your soul because we all know about the darkness in the mind, the will, and the emotions, and we deal with it, but we're motivated more highly to do that because we're coming into his image, and it is the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, right? As a lamp shining in a dark place, that word going forth into our soul, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Well, when you talk about dawning, we're talking about the sun. The day star, our star, that shines during the day to us is talking about the sun. And it's a parable because it speaks of the Son, Jesus Christ. He is the light. He is the word that shines into our soul that dispels all of the darkness. Amen? The day star arise in your hearts. Oh, glory be to God. You know, when the perfect day is, is when the sun is straight up, right? We're told in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18, it says, Take fast hold of instruction. No, that's 13, excuse me. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Now, I'm going to read 17 and 18. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Now, we know the bread and the wine of Jesus Christ is not this, but there is a fake body and blood of Jesus Christ, right, out there. And uh, they proclaim that that's what they're feeding you, but you know that unless we eat his body, which is the bread, and drink his blood, we have no life in us, okay? Verse 18, but the path of the righteous... The path of the righteous. There is a path. You can't stand still. There is a path. The path of the righteous is as the dawning light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The perfect day is when the sun is straight up and there's no shadows, right? The darkness has been dispelled. The shadows are gone. That's maturity. There's all, you are all light. Your soul is filled with the light of God. Everywhere light goes, by the way, it destroys darkness. If you will not put the light in your heart, in your soul, uh, it will not dispel the darkness. So that's what we're called to, friends. And that's what this verse is talking about. He's showing you that this is very clearly a process, right, of coming into the image of Jesus Christ, of being born again, body, soul and spirit, right? So, and uh, that's the other way around, but it, this is the truth. Your whole being has to be born from above. And if you are born again in soul, here it is coming into the image of Jesus Christ even when he was in his physical body, 
which we've already talked about. It is in your physical body that the manifestation of Christ is coming, in your spirit and soul, not in body. Body is the reward for those who have been sanctified in soul. And to whatever state that is, 30, 60, or 100-fold, that depends upon the body that you get, right? Like Paul spoke about the three heavenly bodies that the, the saints will have, star glory, moon glory, and sun glory. Okay, there's a greater reward. Obviously, the, that body is um, has more power. It has uh, more gifts. It has more ability, and so on and so forth. More holiness and righteousness, right? That's just the beginning. And this, as you can see here, that is also the process that we call sanctification, right? Sanctification. It is the changing um, of you from fleshly to spiritual. First uh, Thessalonians 5 and 22 says, Abstain from every form of evil. Why? Because verse 23 says, And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly in your abstaining from these things, in your putting the death of flesh, in your uh, fulfilling your baptism of death to the old man and resurrection of the new man is the word of God, which is the washing of the water with the word. It's the water that puts to death your old man, just like the light puts to death the darkness. Okay, Abstain from every form of evil, and the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly or completely, completely. Can you imagine that God is able to do this? It's his plan. Is it yours? If he took away your sins, uh, how many of them did he not take away? <laughs> and if he gave you his life, how much of his life did he give you? Uh, the truth is, he already gave you his life. He already nailed your sins on that cross. And are you going to accept the fullness of this, or are you going to run after the world? That's the question. Uh, to some, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus is a prize. It's a prize worth running after, like that Shulamite in the Song of Solomon, right? Oh, glory be to God. And the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved entire. Now, why does he say that? Preserved entire. Preserved is 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 something that doesn't happen to a person that falls into degeneration. Uh, are there people that fall away after coming to the well of course. Twice dead and plucked up to the roots by the roots. You can't you can't have a, a twice death if you don't have a twice born. They're born again and they die again. And so that that process is totally conquered when your soul is changed. Now, you know your soul is changed in some things, and they don't tempt you anymore. They don't test you anymore. You, you've overcome there. The, the blood has washed you there. The word of God has dispelled the darkness there. What about this other spot and that one over there? You know, what about these? You, you, you're not ever to sit down and not run the race. We, we, we have to work on this every day. The Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Salvation is a process. It is not an instantaneous stepping over of a line. That's a lie that the dead churches preach. Okay, And they're dead because they believe that. And they believe that that's all they're ever going to get. 
they're dead because of that. But this will motivate you. This word of God will motivate you to run after Jesus. And the body be preserved entire. Wouldn't you like to be preserved? And none of you decayed. Not, not like the garment spotted by the flesh. Because your works are the works of evil. Okay. Without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember we found out that we'll be ashamed before him. If he hasn't shown forth from us, amen. Okay, that's the light coming forth out of us. You put it in you, it'll come out. Faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. Who will also do it. So once again, he's talking to Christians here. There's something for Christians to do. They're not just sitting on a pew waiting for the Lord to come and fly away. Well, obviously, if he came right now, a lot of people wouldn't go because they're not sanctified and they're not even walking by faith and they don't even know what faith is. So you need to get into God's word and have your mind renewed by the word of God. It is awesome. It is awesome. And it, and it puts hope in you and motivates you, etc. So I'm going to read a little bit of uh, Romans chapter 8. I think I'll read 12. So then, brethren, talking to God's people here, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Well, a lot of God's people are living after the flesh. Anything that motivates their flesh, they run after it. And uh, so they're so distracted that they can't hear the voice of the Spirit. And that's a terrible mistake because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So keep following after the flesh. You won't make it because he says, and he says it to the brethren, for if you live after the flesh, you must die. Go ahead and follow your lower nature and you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. If by notice, it's not your power. It's God's power. If by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. You buffet your body and you bring it into bondage, just like Paul said. Don't let it rule you. Don't let it tell you what you're going to do in the next moment. It'll t- probably tell you to go feed your flesh. You know, that's what it does. Feed your flesh. What's fasting, by the way? Denying your flesh to be fed. Now, that's not only physical food. It's spiritual food. Denying to give your flesh what it wants. You buffet it. You say, no, I'm ruling over you. You're not ruling over me. I want to be free in the next moment to follow the Holy Spirit. Verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Wow. Listen now. Listen. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So it's a process of learning how to be led by the Spirit of God, not be distracted by the old flesh, etc. Right? Verse 15. For you receive not the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Yes, you can call him Father. He said we would call him my Father. Right? This is the relationship. No, not all them Old Testament names where they were under the law. He's got something better, a, a good relationship, a father-child relationship, and a father-son relationship. Those are two different things, but 
we, we've looked at that and we'll look at it a little bit more today. But anyway, you receive the spirit of adoption. What is it to do? It is to bring us to the Lord, bring us to the adoption. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that is suffer what? The death of the flesh, denying of your flesh. If we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. What is that glorification? Second Corinthians 3 and 18. We behold Christ in the mirror because that's the gift that's been given unto us. That's who we are now. The old man died in those waters of baptism. And the one that came up was the son of God. And we're glorified with him. If so be that we be, we're glorified with him, right? Okay. Now, if you're glorified with him, that's that 30, 60, and 100 fold. It's also the star, moon, and sun glory that we finally ultimately arrive at if we're running down this path. It is sonship. It is sanctification. It's all these things. Oh, glory to God. He said, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to usward. For the earnest, notice the revealing, of course, is also manifestation. Manifestation. That shining forth from us, you know. For the earnest expectation of the creation uh, waiteth for the revealing of the sons of God. Now, what is the, the, the natural creation? It is this life that you have, that you live in, that your spirit man is growing in. The earnest expectation of this creation is waiting for the revealing or the manifesting of the sons of God, the shining forth from the sons of God. For the creation was subject to vanity, not of its own will, but by reason of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the liberty of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. That is when you receive the Holy Spirit and your spirit, right? The first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for our adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. Notice that the full adoption is its spirit, and then its soul, and then its body. The body, of course, is the reward for uh, manifesting Christ in your soul. For in hope were we saved, hope. Hope is a firm expectation of something that you don't see yet. You know what saved is? Saved is Jesus Christ. That's saved. You look at him in the mirror, that's the one that's saved. What you're saying is, I'm saved. And you're saying it by faith. Faith call the things that be not as though they were. You're saying, I'm saved. You're, you're believing for the whole thing up front. Jesus said, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them, and you shall have them. For who hopeth for that which he seeth? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. We're waiting for this adoption. We're waiting for the adoption of our soul. We're waiting for the manifestation of our soul. The whole creation is waiting for this to happen. Because 
it's going to deliver from bondage the groaning creation. Not only us, but those around us and the physical creation around that. That's what the manifestation of the sons of God is all about. Okay? Okay, I want to go now to Galatians chapter 3 and chapter 4. And let's see what the difference is between a child and a son. And you know, we are children of God, and it's not yet manifest what we shall be, but we know that we will be like him, which is, of course, uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's the manifestation of sonship. But let's start in uh, Galatians 3 and 26. For we are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. All of us are sons? Well, of course, because that's what faith is. Through faith in Christ Jesus. We have faith that he took away our sins and he gave us his life. He made an exchange, which is the word that comes from the word katalasso, and is an exchange between Christ and us. You know, he gave us his life. He took away our life and he nailed it to that cross. And so when we have faith in him, he empowers us by his spirit to put to death the old man of the land. Right? The old man that they had to conquer before they took the promised land. And we, as we've talked about in the past, we are that land. The Canaanites, that's the old man of the flesh. Their gods, that's their gods, you know, their lords, the demons that rule over them. Okay? For as many of you as were baptized into Christ did put on Christ. See? So when you got baptized, you are to believe from then on that you now are walking in the body of Christ. And there is no sin in him, by the way, so you know that there are parts of you manifestly that have not come into Christ. Okay? But the process is to bring you all into Christ. All in all, he called it. Okay? Uh, 28. There can be neither Jew nor Greek. There can be neither bond nor free. There can be no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. One in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Heirs of the promise. He didn't say you had inherited it yet. He said you are heirs of the promise. Now, now we uh, it's been given. It's a matter of us taking it, you know. The word for son, like in verse 26, is huios. The word for child is technon, okay, the most common, okay. They, are, they shouldn't be interchanged because in every text it means exactly what it says. Now, the King James is very bad about this. It flip-flops them back and forth, back and forth, but even, even the received text shows you which word is which. So you should translate it the same way, and that's not being done there. So there's, there's something being hidden there because of that, okay? The huios emphasizes uh, a special relationship to God, whereas the technon only emphasizes a birth, okay? And uh, there are children that don't, don't call. I just read a testimony of a person who was totally abused by their mom and dad, and they never called them mom and dad because they were always a, an enemy and hated them and abused them and 
so on and so forth. And, you know, there's you might have been born from somebody, but if you don't follow in their steps, you're not going to be uh, uh, have that special relationship. Right. OK. And we don't want to follow in the steps of our natural parents as good as they may have been. They're not as good as God. And, of course, everyone, when they're perfected, they shall be as their master. That's what Jesus said. So we want to make our master Jesus. We can no longer follow our natural earthly parents or any other man. We have to make Jesus our our goal, our prize of the high calling, right? So you're Abraham's seed. Now, Abraham had a lot of seed, you know, he, <laughs> but he had two in particular that's a parable for us. That's Ishmael and Isaac. Okay, so you can say, hey, I'm I'm Abraham's seed. Yeah, you might be, but uh, that doesn't mean you're going to inherit the kingdom. Okay, now let me explain that to you. Four and one. But I say that so long as the heir is a child, he differs nothing from a bondservant, though he is Lord of all. Why does it say that? How can he be a bondservant but yet be the Lord of all? Well, because there's one, there's a difference between manifestation and faith. By faith, we've been given it all. We're joint heirs with Christ by faith. And by faith, we're in the body of Christ. But we know there's no sin in the body of Christ, it says. So there's part of us that we have to accept by faith that they are saved and delivered. That part is saved and delivered. So, so long as the heir is a child... He differs nothing from a bondservant, though he is Lord of all. So notice that the child is a servant, is a bondservant. Uh, the Lord is following a parable, I would say. Proverbs 29 and 21 says, He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have him become a son at the last. Think about it. He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have him become a son at the last. Don't know how many of you have watched uh, uh, the story of uh, Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur was a servant. He was a slave. He was adopted by, I believe, a centurion, at least a, a Roman high official, maybe. Don't remember that part. He was adopted to be a son. And the Romans had that um, habit, and Jesus spoke about it because they, at the time, they were living under the Roman Empire, right? So when he speaks about, you know, delicately bringing up your servant as a child from a child, shall have him become a son at the last. Notice, it's the last. It's the manifestation of sonship. It's why you've been sown in the earth in the first place, right? is to become a son of God. He was the firstborn among many brethren. And bringing many sons to glory is his plan, right? So, but I say, so long as the heir is a child, he differs nothing from a bondservant, although he is Lord of all. But he's under guardians and stewards until the day appointed of the father. And it's true, you know, I mean, lots of, lots of God's peoples are in playpens, and that they need to grow up, climb out the bars, and get out. And like Jesus said when he uh, went into the sheepfold, you know, he, he freed them so that they could go in and go out and find pasture. 
And that's the truth. We're free. We're not any, uh, we don't belong to any denomination. If you do, you're wrong. All the denominations in Jesus' day were wrong. All of them were wrong. He not, he didn't choose a one of them. They were all reprobate. There were people that were coming out of them, which he called the church, the called out ones. Now, it's the same today. There are the people that are coming out. If you're going to grow up, you can't stay in the playpen. It's that simple. You can't stay on the milk either. But milk is more than what some people get in the playpen. And stewards until the day appointed of the Father. So we also, when we were children, were held in bondage under the rudiments of the world. Rudiments is a is storchion which means uh, first principles. Actually, it's first principles in a series of principles. And so we're talking about the, the principles of the world. The church is full of the principles of the world. They're not growing into sonship because they don't think it's a, an opportunity. And so they copy the world in everything. We're supposed to copy the Lord in everything. You know, We're supposed to emulate the Lord in everything. But the church is full of the rudiments of the world and their children and their servants. And you have to come out from among them and be separate uh, in order to grow to sonship. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So we've already seen what the adoption of sons is. It's, a, it's the manifestation of Christ in your soul. It's the word in your, in your mind, your will, and your emotions that we might receive the adoption of sons and redeem us from the law. Now let me talk to you about law for just a moment, okay? Law can be the Old Testament law. Sometimes it says the law. Sometimes the was added in there. You can go back and look in the numeric English New Testament and find that out because law is more than just the law. I want to tell you this. If you're under the rules and regulations of a religion or under the rule of a man who's under the rules and regulations of a, of a uh, religion, then you can't, you're not free to walk after the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. They're there to keep you in bondage to their religion. They don't make any money otherwise. They're there to keep you in bondage. And they make rules and regulations to keep you from growing up in God. And they tell you how far you can go in your knowledge of the Word. And they tell you when you don't, can't believe that anymore because it all passed away. Because if you find out it's not passed away, then you're going to leave them immediately. Okay, so they lie to you to keep you in bondage. Okay. We want to grow to the adoption of sons. You have to be free from laws, laws that you put on yourself, laws that men put upon you, law of the Old Testament, which, which passed away, the Bible says very plainly, okay, and, and this chapter does too, and the next chapter. We have to be broken from rules and regulations that tell us what we're going to do tomorrow. Jesus said the person is born again is like the wind. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going to. So is everyone born of a spirit, he said. If you're going to be completely born of the spirit, you have to be completely ruled by the spirit. And the spirit will tell you in the next moment. That's why he says, be careful to say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this or we'll do that. 
Because if you're born again, you don't know what you're going to do tomorrow. You're going to follow the Spirit tomorrow, right? Amen. So don't make rules for yourself and don't pledge yourself into any bondage in the future. Say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this, we'll do that, right? And as you know, God can change that all the time. You might say you're going to do something and end up being a liar because the weather's bad. <laughs> well, who controls the weather, right? Uh, or this or that, you know. The Lord's in control of everything. He's the only one that can say what you're going to do tomorrow. So don't put yourself under laws because you're not going to obey the Spirit. You're not going to listen to the Spirit when he wants to tell you to go in a different direction. Nope, I made up my mind. I'm doing this. You know, you're ruled by the flesh. You're under the law. Come out from among them and be separate. And notice what he says. And because you are sons. Okay, now, remember what he just got through saying in 3 and 26. For we are all, for ye are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. We accept our sonship, even before it's manifested. Everything that you want, you have to believe it first. Jesus said, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them. So we believe we received sonship, right? Right. And you shall have them. So that's the manifestation. You shall have them. That's the manifestation. That's the shining forth. If you continue to believe that you don't live anymore and Christ lives in you, Paul's good confession in the sight of many witnesses, if you continue to believe that, the Lord is going to empower you to bring it to pass. But you have to constantly war against the old lying devil. He's going to tell you, you, oh, he's going to tempt you just like he tempted Jesus. Well, if you are the son of God, what about this? Do this. Do that. No, you don't have to prove nothing to him. And Jesus didn't worry about it either. And he's always going to tempt you to believe that you are not who the Bible says you are. Okay? But when we look in the mirror, we know that's who we are. And so when we accept that, we're uh, beginning to walk in his steps. His grace, his power, his holiness, his gifts, they're all ours. That's why we look in the mirror and we see him and not us. And if you do look in the mirror and see yourself... It's because you're just a hearer of the word, not a doer of the word. That's what James said. Remember that, okay? And because you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into our heart, crying, Abba, Father. And what is that? The spirit that brings us to adoption. So since you're believing that, you receive this spirit that brings you to the adoption, the Holy Spirit of God. So that thou art no longer a bondservant, but a son. Praise God, you're all sons through faith in Jesus Christ. Thou no longer a bondservant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. Notice, if a son, then an heir through God. We're joint heirs with Christ. Who are joint heirs? The sons are the joint heirs. Okay. Now, you can be a son by faith until... You're a son by manifestation. That's when the baby's born. That's when the the uh, the fruit of Christ in you is seen by the world, right? If a son, then an heir through God. Howbeit, at that time, not knowing God, you were in bondage to them that by nature are no gods. Well, that's true. Many people are. But now... 
that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how turn you back to the weak and beggarly rudiments whereunto you desire to be in bondage all over again? You observe days. This is rules and regulations he's talking about here. You're forming yourself into a mold so that you have to do what the world does. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid of you, lest by any means I have bestowed labor upon you in vain. He said, in other words, his job is to bring us to sonship. To manifest Christ in us. Not to put us under a bunch of rules and regulations. We'll fulfill every jot and tittle of the law if we walk after the Spirit. We will fulfill it. And when you see the Word, it's not to make a law to put over your head. It is to show you what sonship is. It is to show you what you've been given by God. Right? You are free. Don't go back to the weak and beggarly rudiments of religion. You're free. I'm afraid of you, lest by any means I have bestowed labor upon you in vain. In other words, I've wasted my time. Okay? Look, verse 19. My little children, of whom I am again in travail, until Christ, who is what? Son. So, so you can say, I am again in travail until sonship be formed in you. Sonship. Jesus Christ, he is the son. My little children. Why? Because they're, now they're all under these rules and regulations of the world. Which, by the way, were only for the meantime until the seed should come to whom the promise was due. Now the seed has come, Jesus Christ. And the only way we can have it is to abide in him. You understand? No. No, the law is not here anymore. It was only put in there until the seed should come to whom the promise was due. And he's our Isaac, Jesus Christ, right? So he calls them little children. Why? Because they've lost their sonship. By their rules and their regulations and following men, they've lost their sonship. But I would wish to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the handmaid and one by the free woman. Howbeit the son by the handmaid is, is by the way, son was not in there, um, is born after the flesh, but by the free woman is born through promise, but the by the free woman is born through the promise. So you're, you're believing the promise. In, you're not keeping a bunch of rules and regulations in order to be holy enough to be acceptable. You understand? And when God is, is living in you and empowering you, when you read the word, you love to do that. You're looking for more you can do to please him. You know, that's what he puts in you. He works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's what salvation is all about. And it's a process, too. It's instant by, and we have a book, by the way, like that, Salvation, Instant and Progressive. It'll open your eyes. Because some people, they only see the instant part, and they don't know that it's only by faith that they have salvation. And if they don't bear fruit, they will not manifest salvation. 
So it's important to be in the process, walking by faith in the process. You know, you're sons of God through faith. As long as you walk in faith, you're a son of God. If you walk after the works of the world and the religion and so and uh, the Old Testament, then you're separated from this gift. That's why he said, little children, I am again in travail with you till Christ, that is the Son, be formed in you. So there's two sons here. By the free woman, which is through promise, and by the handmaid who is in bondage. Which things contain, contain an allegory, a parable, right? For these women are two covenants, one from Mount Sinai, that's the law, right? Bearing children unto bondage. Yep, and, and a lot of Christians are there. They've been Judaized. They're there. Which is Hagar. Notice what he's calling the law now. What is it now? If you're under the law now, doesn't matter if it's the law of men, the law of religion, the law of rules you put for yourself, the law of following your mind, uh, doesn't make, make any difference. It's the same thing. You're just a child of Hagar. You're an Ishmaelite. Mount Sinai bearing children unto bondage, which is Hagar. Now this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to the Jerusalem that now is. Talking about what? The physical Jerusalem. Oh, so sad, folks. That's not the holy city. Well, it's not. It isn't since Jesus was crucified. It's never been called the holy city since Jesus was crucified, except by men. In the Bible, there's a heavenly holy city that's being born from above. That's our mother. Not that Jerusalem over there. It's just, uh, in fact, it's just full of all kinds of pagans, even those that are Jews. Even those that are under the law, Jews, they're still not born again. It doesn't make any difference. You must be born from above. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, which is our mother. So notice, the people that are under the law that came from Mount Sinai, they think that they're under the Jerusalem that now is. They don't know. They have to be born again from above to be that heavenly Jerusalem, the daughter of Jerusalem, it's called sometimes, right? Wow. For it is written, Rejoice thou, barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For more are the children of the desolate than of her that hath the husband. Well, yeah. Hagar, she's got many children. Anybody that's under law, they're born of the handmaid. Any kind of law, any separation from Christ, and he's fixing to tell you what, what is separation from Christ. It is to be in, under any law. You're, you're separated from Christ, okay? For more are the children of the desolate than of her that hath the husband. Well, in the natural, look at the parable over there. There's little Israel right in the middle of a bunch of Hagar, right? Sarah, Sarah and, and Abraham's seed right there in the middle of a whole bunch of them. Oh, did they make a mistake, okay? Unless... Those Muslim Arab people are born again. If they're born again, they're just as good as anybody else <laughs> that is in the kingdom of God. Right? So uh, now we, brethren, as Isaac was, not Ishmael, but Isaac was, are children of promise. He had the promise of the coming seed. So what did he do? He went to work on Hagar 
to bring forth something other than the promised seed. It was a, the product of his works, right? Sowing his own seed, right? But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, notice the Ishmaels persecuted the Isaacs, so also it is what? Now. So they're both Abraham's seed, but one of them is a persecutor, and the other one is not. Guess what? Guess who that is? Now, they may not, they may not end up that way. They might repent and become children of promise. But when they're persecutors, guess what? They're Ishmael's, all of them. Because you've got to compare just what he's saying here. It's the same thing he's doing. He's comparing this to Christians. He's telling the Christians who are Ishmaelites and who are Isaacs. Howbeit, what saith the scripture? Cast out the handmaid and her son. For the son of the handmaid shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. Oh my. Please think about this now. The, the Christians who are under law will not inherit with those who are following the Spirit of God. They will not inherit. Listen to what it says. For the son of the handmaid shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. Oh, my. Wherefore, brethren, we are not children of the handmaid, but of the free woman. Okay? And you must be convinced of that enough that you give it up, right? For freedom did Christ set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and be not entangled again in a yoke of bondage. Exactly what a lot of Christians do. And even when you're first born again, you decide to go look, check out the religions. Let's go see what bondage looks like. <laughs> and you know what? They did it in the scripture too. The things that have been are the things that shall be. Jesus called them out of those Judaistic denominations. And he's calling them out of the Christian denominations now. You're not to be bound to men. You have the word of God. And yes, he does have Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists that are anointed people. But you'll have to find out what they look like by studying the Word so you can recognize them, right? Because other than that, you're going right back into bondage. People do that. They come out of one denomination, go into another one, right? Be not entangled again in a yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you receive circumcision... Christ will profit you nothing. Now he's talking about if you go seek to be justified by obeying some laws, even church laws, but rules, regulations, your own of what you think must happen. You know, anything that keeps you from following the Spirit of God, which the Scripture tells you the very nature of the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God. You know, the Spirit. You have to study the scriptures. Forget about everything else. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? We're running out of time. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will profit you nothing. Yet I testify again to every man that receiveth circumcision that he is a debtor to do the whole law. So, okay. So if you seek to be justified by the Sabbath day, what about the Sabbath year? <laughs> Are you going to do that? Oh, you're not? Well, then forget it. That's what he's saying. you got to do the whole law. You're going to try to do part of the law? 
The Sabbath in the New Testament is ceasing from your works continuously, not some day. He is a debtor to do the whole law. You are severed from Christ, ye who would be justified by the law. You are fallen away from grace. Oh, my. You know, we have to repent. We have to turn to the Lord. So, before we move on, I just want to point out a couple of things. Well, back in uh, Galatians 4 and 1, I say that so long as the heir is a child, he differs nothing from a bondservant. A child is a bondservant, though he is Lord of all. Okay? And also in chapter 4 and verse 30, Howbeit what saith the Scripture, Cast out the handmaid and her son. For the son of the handmaid shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. Wherefore, brethren, we are not children of the handmaid, but of the free woman. Okay, so the children that are uh, servants, bond servants, who are under the law, will not inherit with those who are sons who are under the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. And if you look at, for instance, uh, John chapter 8, 34, I'm going to show you this. Now I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm going to go back to 31. John 8 and 31. Jesus therefore said to those Jews that had believed him. Now notice this. Notice this. They believed him. Okay, now lots of people think that's all you need to do, right? Those Jews that had believed him, he said to them, If you abide in my word, then are you truly my disciples. I'm a thetes, a learner and a follower, right? If you abide in my word. So the, it's not enough just to believe him. The devil believes him, and he's afraid of him. He's not born again. But you abide in my word, then are you truly my disciples. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So it is the truth that makes you free. And, of course, free is what a son is. A, a servant is not free. Okay, They serve because... They serve for different reasons than sons do. Sons serve their father for love. And because it's it's their kingdom, their joint heirs. Bond servants don't serve for that reason. They serve because they have to. They don't have a choice. And the son is free to come and go as he pleases, you know. But the servant, nope, he's got to stay right there and serve, you know. Um, and I don't mean as you please in the flesh. I'm talking about as you please in the spirit, right? But the son is free. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered and said unto him, We are Abraham's seed, and have never yet been in bondage to any man. Oh, <laughs> how wrong they were, for goodness sake. You know, that's how blind people can be, right? How sayest thou, you shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Everyone that committeth sin is the bondservant of sin. Everyone that committeth sin is the bondservant. Notice he uses the same thing, bondservant. The children who are servants, they're still under sin. So you can you don't have to be a child under sin. You can by faith accept your sonship and then Keep walking as a son. In other words, continue to walk by faith as you put to death the old man, right? And the God will empower you to walk out 
of servanthood and into sonship. Everyone that committeth sin is the bondservant of sin. And the bondservant abideth not in the house forever. Oh my goodness. There's the same thing. We just read it over there, right? Abideth not in the house forever. The son abideth forever. The son abideth forever. Okay? And if therefore the son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. The son. Oh, glory be to God. So we want to be free. We want to be following the Spirit of God because these are the sons of God. Now let me point out just a few things to you here. Can we prove that? That the, the, uh, the servant doesn't abide in the house forever. The son abides forever. Okay? Uh, because if you're, if you're keeping, for instance, a law, it is not the law of the New Testament. And you can't treat the New Testament like a law. But if you're treating it like a law, you're also missing it, right? If you're, for instance, under the Old Testament law or the law of men in denominationalism, uh, you've made this man your Lord and you're following him instead of following the Spirit, well, of course, you're never going to go beyond him. His servants you are whom you obey. And every man, when he's perfected, shall be as his master. So you have to make Jesus your master, right? Okay, so if this is true that the servant or the child abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever, then we can see it in the Old Testament, right? Because every every jot and tittle over there is going to be fulfilled in a more spiritual way. So if we look at Ezekiel uh, 46 and 16, what do we see? Thus saith the Lord, if the prince, who's the prince? Well, the prince, in most cases, represented um, the high priest. Who's our high priest? Jesus. Right? If the prince give a gift unto any of his sons, it is his inheritance. It's their inheritance. The sons are the ones that will inherit everything of the father, not the servants. It is his inheritance. It shall belong to his sons. It is their possession by inheritance. The sons have the inheritance, not the children, not the servants. But if he give of his inheritance a gift to one of his servants, it shall be his to the year of liberty. Oh, yes, there is a great year of liberty coming in which all of the, uh, everyone will receive their new body and have the freedom that we've wanted from the beginning, right? Delivered from bondage. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. My thirsting soul, pure as water, made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus. I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. Oh, your mercy 
stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will be my guiding light? The shining rays of red and white, Jesus, I trust in Seated for all time, I am yours and you are mine. Oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true. Oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into Though the rivers rise, I still believe For your mercy stands and your word is true Oh Jesus, my Lord Jesus Oh Jesus, I trust in you I trust in you, I trust in you Trust in